0: Welcome to In Conversation, the podcast from Creative Coverage. I'm Tim Saunders, and today I welcome Danny Mooney, whose facial blindness does not
1: prevent him from drawing and painting people. It must be a bit of a challenge, though, for an artist, Danny. I was never really aware of anything different, and that's a key difference, really. So I've always recognised people by their shape, by the way they move, by the way they walk, rather than by their face, and so if I'm drawing somebody or painting somebody, those are the bits that are most important to me. I discovered it through a there was a BBC news thing on the on the BBC website some years ago. I'd always known I was very bad at recognizing people, but I just assumed I wasn't trying as hard as other people did or something and I was well aware that facial blindness or prosopagnosia as to have its scientific name could come. After a brain injury or so that could be a stroke or a traumatic head injury or something like that. And I also knew that it could exist in its total form. So as as far as I understand, um, Chuck Close, the hyper-realistic portrait painter, has almost total facial blindness. I knew that there were people that were totally unable to recognise anybody's faces. But what I didn't realise was that there was a spectrum of going from totally unable to recognise anybody's face through to being a super recognizer. And then after reading about that, and the article was talking about a study at Birkbeck, so I contacted them and went up to see them and they ran me through a battery of tests and I found that I'm not just lazy, I do have facial blindness it's obviously it's affected my life my work rather getting the diagnosis was very helpful because it meant that I then didn't put very much effort into trying to do people's faces you know I mean I fully understand the way that the structure of a face works and the proportions and all stuff like that but it was very hit and miss if I did a portrait and you know I don't let them out the studio unless I'm happy with them But, you know, my partner would look at them and it would be maybe as much, maybe not even 50 50 as to whether she'd say that doesn't look anything like whoever, you know, (laughs) or yeah, that's all right. That does. (laughs) And so once I had the diagnosis, it kind of freed me up from feeling that drawing the features was the bit. That was the important bit because I can draw recognizable people with just a few lines without any real trouble. I mean, any real trouble. You know what I mean. I mean, as an artist, you know what I mean. I mean, they don't. Yeah, do yeah, that yeah I do. That was quite helpful. And then it's interesting because more recently I've been doing some kind of political cartoons, and it's been. Yeah, I was
0: about to mention that.
1: Yeah, well, that's quite good because cartoons are caricatures, really. And so what I would, what I tend to do is I look at a few say I'm doing a cartoon of Boris Johnson I mean I can do this you know the shape and the way he stands without that's not the effort really you know so I look at a couple of other people's cartoons of Boris Johnson I see that they've all got you know sort of little piggy eyes and and droopy eyelids at a particular way and I just think and I just think well if I stick that on a round thing that's the face that looks like you know doesn't really need them. I put the features in because people like having features in because they notice them and so it's like it becomes a it's a caricature and but the thing that makes say for example Boris Johnson look like Boris Johnson is is the hair the round face and the big you know the sort of fat body in the in the shabby suit for me you know it doesn't need the features but so i sort of i, I sort of slightly you know it's the equivalent of sitting next to the brainy kid in class i sort of sit i sort of have a look at how other people do a caricature of his face and think well I could do something a bit similar to that for the actual you know like where the, where the eyes and the nose type thing. thing. Yeah.
0: It's interesting though isn't it when you, you start thinking about faces and I mean they're, they're all unique and obviously it's subjective isn't it?
1: I mean I heard a very good explanation of facial blindness. There was a, 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 a female, I can't remember her name, a scientist who was studying and she was saying that if you you know if I were to show you two geese you could tell the difference between their faces, probably. I'm assuming geese have slightly different markings on their faces. You wouldn't be able to have a problem whilst the two were in front of you telling that they looked a bit different. But if I stuck them in the flock of the geese the next day, you wouldn't have a hope in hell of remembering which one was Frieda and which one was Bertie. You know, they'd all look, they'd all mainly look like geese. Faces yeah. mainly look like faces. The subtleties, and and I don't <laughs> retain the subtle differences. But another thing that's very been very funny when everyone was wearing masks. I'm it makes no difference to my ability to recognize somebody at all if you have a mask on and so my partner Nikki, who always recognizes people would like was like brought right back down to my to my level but because that's the level i'd always been at i was actually better because i had (laughs) many years of practice of of working on that
0: but isn't it interesting how opposites attract
1: yeah i need (laughs) i need someone who can tell me people's names and and not not just who they are but what their name is as well because i can't remember that either so yes (laughs) God, Oh that's not helping you then. (laughs) Yeah he's my carer. (laughs) I've got my coat on and I've done my shoelaces up you know.
0: (laughs) So tell me about art when when did it first come into your life?
1: Uh, Well I mean I liked art at school but I did sciences mainly at school and at the school I was at it wasn't possible to carry on doing, you know, like sort of woodwork, metalwork, art and sciences. And I decided with encouragement with my, well, no, I was really into science and I still am, you know, and I studied sciences. Um, So then I just sort of started doing drawing because I I went to medical school. I was a doctor at first. So I um, did some drawing just in, you know, you don't get a lot of spare time, but in my spare time. And then got increasingly into doing, after I'd qualified, got increasingly into doing life drawing. I was a junior doctor at the time, and that was, you know, back in the old days when we used to work lots of hours, you know, um, and uh, yeah, but I would still be doing two or three nights a week life drawing as well, so I was really quite, it was very typical of me to get very very into things, you know, and then I just got more and more interested in in that and then I started I went to goldsmiths to do a foundation part-time and then went on and did an art degree at London Metropolitan.
0: Can we just talk a bit more about the medical side Mm
1: -hmm. of things I mean how long were you a doctor for? I qualified 11 12 years something like that. And what made you want to change or did the art simply come into your life? Well um, the, the, the art was always much more fun yeah I got quite ill being a doctor I got quite anxious and stressed and depressed and it wasn't really possible to carry on. But I'd already done my art degree by that stage anyway. So it was, you know, so for quite a long time, I was off sick. and, and But the art, there was a stage actually when I couldn't even make art. But fortunately, that wasn't very long. And so I just, you know, because art really is something that I, I just do, I can't not do it. And so then it, it then just became, it sort of filled the space, really. You know, like when I was a junior doctor. working really hard but still doing several nights a week doing life drawing and evening classes and things you know it's 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 easier for me to do it than not do it part of you yeah definitely part of me yeah so uh, would you say that it sort of helped you out of that difficult period in your life well it was part of the structure but I mean it was there before as well maybe is the answer I think it's hard to have such a sort of simple a leads to B to C type thing about that. You know, I also have done quite a lot of art therapy as well. And at the time there was, you know, people wondered, at some, several therapists wondered whether, because if you're an artist, it's not classically a good thing to choose art therapy to do because you can get too tied up in producing art rather than the art being um, a sort of expression of the therapy type of thing. But actually, I found that very useful. So I did many years of art art psychotherapy, and that was extremely helpful. In things. But it's a bit hard to know exactly which bit of your life is the thing that saves you, because unless you have a very clear story of I didn't do this, I I discovered it after I was ill, then I was better. It's it's there's not necessarily yeah. such a clear narrative arc. I think undoubtedly learning anatomy before learning life drawing made life drawing much easier because you know what you're hanging it on, and undoubtedly the fact that I draw a whole body or the way the body's moving or something is related to my knowledge of the anatomy of that. Um, And that's also, you know, it also helps me so I can say confidently, well, I understand how a face is made up. I understand the proportions, but I still can't make them look like individual people. (laughs) You know, it's it's kind of, it's not like what I actually need to learn is well, actually, if you learn a little bit more about eyeball positioning, then you would be able to do it. I know that that isn't the thing. It was very interesting to that one of the horse pooing. That was very, did I send <laughs> that one to you? I think I did, didn't I? The profile one. Yes, you did. Yeah, yeah that was very interesting. That was very hard yes. to make it look like Boris Johnson and not Donald Trump. And though whilst I don't feel that it would have worked either way, the point I was trying to make was Boris Johnson. And <laughs> That was that was quite an interesting thing of how to how to subtly make it look more like one than the other.
0: That can be the uh, the image for the podcast so that oh, people cool. know what we're talking about. Yeah,
1: that that would be good. That would be okay. good, and and, and uh, maybe people can comment put in the comments whether they whether they think I managed to detrumpify it sufficiently or we just you know. Maybe if I posted it in America, everyone would think. Yeah, you know, if if Trump had been in power and said one of his many horses things, I just maybe it's one of those ones I could just reuse. Whoever's it, whoever's doing it, and just claim it. So where are you hoping to go with your cartoons? I don't know. I think my cartoons, I I seem to have have, have specialised in producing art that has no particular commercial possibilities. <laughs> but that's all right. I don't mind because you know I'm doing it. You know, like I said, I do it because it's easier to do it. So. At the moment, the uh, the cartoons I'm doing was, for me, as an expression of my annoyance and, you know, annoyance, really, of, of the way things have been managed by this government recently. But I don't know where they're going to go in the same way as my daily iPad paintings, because I do a daily, a painting of the sea every single day and have done for nine years. When I started off with those, it was playing with a new bit of technology and living by the sea and thinking, well, I could just, you know, I was doing pictures anyway. I could do them on the iPad. And now. Now that's become you know that's what most people down this way anyway know me for and they you know I sell them as um, well I mean they're not all good obviously but some of them I sell them as as you know one-off giclée archival prints and things so I try not to look to see I'm not doing the cartoons to see because I want them to be this or that it's I'm doing them. And then if they become a thing, they become a thing rather than anything else, because it's very difficult with the news, isn't it? Because in order to do political cartoons, you have to stay abreast of the news in order to stay sane. You have to not stay abreast of the news. And so it's a bit of a difficult. (laughs) It's a it's a slightly difficult tightrope to walk. So I I wouldn't like to say, I mean, I, I will do them you know but I might not do them again for a bit or I might who knows. My practice really is divided between the work I do digitally which is mainly the iPad paintings or the cartoons and I do some digital collage work and stuff and um, and then in the studio I work mainly in oils doing kind of abstracted figures Um, and I've been very interested recently in Figures walking across the beach or coming out of the sea and things like that, with the with the light behind them, so they become quite sort of um etiolated. Well, I don't know if it is etiolated because when plants are etiolated, they're pale, aren't they? But whatever, you know, tall, thin, almost like alien-looking figures because they get the edges get bleached out by the the highlights and things. And these paintings are multi multi-layered. I'm going between using acrylic epoxy acrylic and resin, resin, that's the word, epoxy resin and oil painting and sometimes acrylic paint as well to get sort of multiple layers of the painting. So they get quite a sort of thick, rich painting. Um, and that's quite good as well, because that takes up, there's a lot of waiting for that to dry. You know, you can't put a layer of resin on onto wet oil paint and hope, it to ha- hope that it has any chance of surviving any length of time. And I'm often looking for ways of slowing down my art because I'm a little bit I don't know if I've ever developed from that stage as the kids at nursery where they knock out 10 pictures and say, I've done all these pictures for you, mummy or daddy, you know, and and actually what they've done is enjoyed doing the pictures and then they're (laughs) looking for someone to give it to, you know, these things that sort of physically slow me down are quite good actually what brought you to the point of using epoxy resin in your work in my studio block there's three of us artists in the block and chris milton who is you know up there as well he he suggested it he he said he you know he had tried it once a long time ago and thought it was good and thought it might suit my paintings and so I did try it and he was right somebody else's idea how large are your pictures oh at the moment at the moment they're not big at the moment they're I'm I'm holding my hands up here it's about that size Tim you got you got that yeah it works on radio doesn't it um they're very much kind of easel paintings domestic size so I guess we're talking ish 50 centimeters the long side that sort of length varying and I, I paint on different things so at the moment I'm painting on an offcut of what I guess would have been a a floorboard or maybe it's a bit thicker than a floorboard but it's that sort of size that's of irregular shape that I found in a skip and the one I did before was on some plastic panels that I joined together and things I quite like I quite like unusual things to paint on
0: well very good to hear that you're recycling and reclaiming
1: well I'm trying I'm t- actually seriously I'm trying not to bring anything into my studio without a good reason and so there's a lot of re- using of old artworks and and actually that was a, a, to Chris and um, people m- might want to look up Chris Milton um he his work is very collage based but not collage as in magazines stuck up but he he's he is wonderful his studio space is empty unless he's painting for an exhibition and anything that doesn't sell he brings back into the studio and cuts up and makes into new art I mean it's <laughs> this is not what my studio looks like my studio is full with a capital f but uh so there's you know yeah so the, i i do like that idea of reusing the stuff as well and the the kind of the it's not a word i can say very well i think it's palance palancept which is a, an old book that had been cleaned and rewritten on and cleaned and rewritten on back in the days when vellum cost well it still does cost the earth and there's something about that with the paintings that even if you sometimes you can see the previous layers, but even if you can't see the previous layers, they were there to inform the layers that went on top of them. Yeah.
0: What are you working towards at the moment? Have you got an exhibition in mind or no, is there a particular goal?
1: My goal is always to have fun and do what I want to do. I don't work. I don't do Um, I don't do commissions or work towards shows I show stuff that I've already painted it's too stressful for me to work towards I don't have a problem with creating art and if you know if, if I had a show in six months time I would be in a panic this week trying to get everything done and I so I just do the work and then I select it what is best to go in any show that I've got or I'm offered or trying to get in or anything like that and I found I mean, obviously, in the past I've done commissions and things, but basically it's more for me, it's more stress than it's worth. And that sounds a very sensible approach. Well, I think it works because I'm always producing. So I don't need the impetus to make me do it. I need a calm hand on my shoulder saying, no, it's all right, Danny, you can slow down. You'll be all right. Well, that's why Nikki comes in. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) After she's checked, I've got my shoes on and my, yeah, my coat. (laughs) (laughs) But that's been a really another thing, actually, (laughs) that's been really nice about doing the daily painting, the daily iPad painting, because I do an iPad painting every single day. I don't have to worry about whether I will be able to make art that day because I just do it. And that has actually been rather Mm. than a burden has actually become a calming thing. It just is what happens. So every day I will do that. And, you know, I don't have to worry at any level that something may get in the way and stop me going to the studio or 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 whatever, you know. No, it becomes part of your daily routine. Very much so, very much so. And interestingly, you know, on the first day of the first lockdown, I nearly forgot to do my daily picture. It was, it got to like, I can't remember, like 11 o'clock at night on that, was it the Tuesday morning or whatever, the Tuesday, whatever it was, you know, and I suddenly thought, shit, I haven't drawn, I haven't done my picture today. And I, and I painted some flowers that were there, but it was just, you know, and it just shows you how the routine, you know, our routine was thrown by that and what it would mean. And suddenly, yeah, I went to pieces. Yeah. Well, at least you remembered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what I'd have done, you know. That's it. Life would have ended if I'd have missed a day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So what would you say has been your greatest
1: artistic achievement? I guess the greatest artistic achievement in terms of profile to the outside world. There's down down in Hastings and St. Leonard's. They've got some those um, wayfaring signs, big enamel signs you know saying beach this way and shops that way type of thing and they have some of my ipad paintings you know enamel enameled versions of my ipad paintings on so that's really nice to sort of you know they're there I'm a local artist my art is out there all the time, you know, they're there forever or until the vandals get rid of them. So that's really nice. And it's also interesting actually to see because that's, you know, they've been up a good few years now and, and the, you know, the paintings have changed very radically since then. But I think my main achievement really has been a kind of a, is, is a much more kind of inner thing about just do what you want to do just do like I said about not doing the commissions but you know like just doing what you want to do not worrying about for me what it will become it may or may not become something but as long as I'm enjoying doing it then that's fine it doesn't matter yeah so my current one of my current things at the moment I'm doing is um, making and modifying musical instruments mainly string based ones Um, so sort of yeah, sort of guitars for want of a better thing and it's kind of I seem to be Treading a perfect path where they are not artistic enough to be called art, and they're not any good as mu- as instruments to be called instruments. You know, they're in, in in this furrow between the two at the moment. But I'm really enjoying doing it, so I'm trying not to worry too much about what they will be. You know, will there be? Uh, you know, they, I don't know if I'm. I don't know if they are just purely for my amusement, or whether they will become a thing or not um but i mean they're definitely progressing i started off literally making the instruments out of rubbish and they sounded like rubbish and they're not like that now (laughs) you know um and so it's kind of like you know they are progressing i can't quite imagine where they're going to progress to but that doesn't really matter well that's part of the journey isn't it well exactly that's the thing you know and then if they ever become a thing you'll be able to look back and go yeah but look at that one that you made out of a golf club that was shit wasn't it (laughs) <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> well, no, literally, you know. I mean, it's it's kind of. Do know. they work? Yeah, no, they work. Yeah, they work. I've got three kids, but the older of my two daughters is is very musical and plays guitar and that. And she was able to get a recognisable tune out of the one made of a golf club. Not many people would have been able to, you know. Then I've just finished making a thing that's like a cross between a sitar and a and a guitar. It's not perfect by a long chalk, but it's much closer to, you know, I mean, it it plays okay, yeah. you know, um, and things. Well, that takes some doing, doesn't it? Are you a musician yourself? That's the other thing. When I started making them out of rubbish, I realised not only were they not playable, but I couldn't play anything. So I have been learning a bit for a few years. Both Nicky and I, we took up ukulele in lockdown. So I've typically put quite a lot of effort into that. So I can play the ukulele okay, and I can play the guitar a bit. And as a younger person, I, when I was at school, I learned the cornet and the trumpet, and I got quite good at that, although I haven't played it for a decent, you know, I haven't played it since i was like 18 or something but i got quite good at that so i've got quite a strong musical foundation from that time yeah so no i do i I play i'm I'm, yeah again my my current obsession is probably music as well i have i am trying to learn many different instruments Yeah. i'm not succeeding but i'm having fun so well I'm, that's the key isn't it yeah, mean, yeah isn't it wonderful being creative yeah no i it's, i'm very lucky to have the time to do it i think that's very nice to have the time to do it and especially as i you know i've had jo- you know when i was a medic you didn't have time to do anything it's really nice to have the time to do it when I'm practicing the guitar or the ukulele or the accordion or whatever I'm practicing. But when I'm doing my daily painting, I'm creating art. And it just feels to me that there's something in those words because i am they, they're the same activity. You know, I'm practicing my painting when I'm doing it and I'm playing the instruments when I'm practicing. You know what I mean? And I feel that there's a there's a kind of a the wording of it makes it feel like learning an instrument should be an unpleasant hard thing and doing the painting should be an easy fun thing because you're you're painting and and I don't think it's one I don't think it's one or the other I think they're all the same activity and as long as you're enjoying making that mark or playing that note it's it's that is creating and that's what matters yeah very important message though. well this, lovely thank you very much for your time Danny it's been all right, very enjoyable all right cheers I'm waving it's ridiculous. Bye. You too, Danny. Bye.